Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. In Psalm 92, if you would please, Psalm 92 and verse 10 is what we're going to look at. But I've been prefacing everything I've been saying with the fact that David took 400 men that were in debt, distress, and discontented, and he turned them into a tremendous army for God. Anybody here hear me say that yet? And he did it, number one, because they had a restless aspiration for improvement in their lives. That's what discontented means. They were dissatisfied with what they were at, where they were at, and they wanted something more. And we all need to be that way. Amen. Amen. No matter where you're at, who you are, where you're at in God, how much you have in God, you want to be dissatisfied all the time because you want more of what God has. You don't want to be stagnant and stale in the things of God. You want something far better than what you have right now. Amen. Amen. And so he took those men and put some good things into them. And in so doing, there was improvement in their lives and they fulfilled a purpose that God had for them in the earth. Well, I'm going to share with you something that David could not put in these men. That you have. Well, if that doesn't make you shout, your shouters plugged up. Glory to God. You've got it. They don't. They didn't. But you've got it. And so do I. Amen. It's found in Psalm 92 and verse 10. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Beloved, I want to talk to you tonight about something that we've got that they didn't have. Now, David had it, but he couldn't get it over to them. He had the anointing, but they didn't. Think about it. We live in a privileged hour, saints of God, a privileged hour. It's a time upon this earth in which individuals today can experience what others only long for in days gone by. You see, under the old covenant, only the prophet, the priest, and the king could experience the supernatural manifestation of the power of God equipping them to function in an office or perform a service or fulfill a purpose in the mind and will of God. And without that anointing, they could not function in that office or fulfill a purpose that God had. Today, at this hour in which we live, every believer, every born-again, blood-washed child of God has a certain amount of the anointing of God. Back then it was the prophet, the priest, and the king, and that's it. The lay people, so to speak, could not have that glorious manifestation of that impartation of God's supernatural ability in their lives. See, we take it for granted. They didn't have it, but we've got it. And every child of God, everybody say everyone. Everyone who is a blood-washed child of God has a certain amount of the anointing of God in their lives. Even if they're just born again. Now, if you're spirit-filled, you have a greater and a stronger anointing in your life. But if you're born again, you're born of the Spirit of God. You have the witness of the Spirit of God. That is the presence of God's Spirit there manifesting Himself in a certain way in a certain amount so they have a certain amount of the anointing of God on the inside of them and there are denominational preachers that are out there that preach and you know they are anointed to preach but their anointing is not as strong as it could be or as it would be if they were filled with the Holy Ghost and had the flaming fires of God's Spirit in their bones Amen. Amen. amen it's the truth is that not a privilege for us in this covenant just a taste the anointing of God. If you're just saved, you've got the anointing of God. 
But we're not just saved. We're saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and fire burning in our bones. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got that greater measure of the anointing of God upon our lives, equipping us to do what God would have us to do. To function in a specific office of ministry, to fulfill a purpose in the plan of God, to carry out whatever He has ordained for us to do in this life. We are not doing it in the power of our own might or our own strength. We are doing it by the power of God. For the work of God is not by the power nor might of human strength, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Well, in verse 10, David said, now David knew something about the anointing of God because he was anointed to stand in the office of the king. It said... But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with, everybody say fresh. fresh. Fresh means strong. It means vigorous. Strong. It means vigorous, brisk, bright, not faded, and not stale. That's what it means. Not faded, not stale. Brisk, bright. Strong, vigorous. Thank God for the strong anointing of God. Thank God for the vigorous anointing of God. Thank God for an anointing that's not stagnant or stale. Hallelujah. You see, he understood something about the anointing of God. And he knew that even though if you were anointed to do something for God, if you stepped out and did it in the flesh, the anointing of God would diminish and decrease. If you try, in other words, to do it in your own strength, in other words, I'm king now and I can do it my own way. He knew it wasn't going to work that way. He knew he would tire and eventually burn out and wear out because what God ordains us to do and anoints us to do has got to be done in the power of the Spirit and not in the flesh. And no matter how gifted someone is, no matter how intelligent someone is in the flesh, the work of God is not based on natural abilities or natural mentality, human wisdom. It's based on the power of God and the might of God. And so David knew it was important for him to have fresh oil. I like fresh things, don't you? I like my bread fresh. What about you? I like fresh water that comes out of that rock, not bitter. What about you? See, we like things fresh. And we should have things fresh when it comes to the things of God. There is, I believe, in the plan of God, fresh oil for the children of God every day, just like there's fresh manna that came down from heaven and fresh bread made by Schwabel's Bakery every single day. Amen. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Fresh oil. It's for all of us. Strong, vigorous, brisk, bright, not faded, not stale, not stagnant. Every single day, if we'll only reach out for it. But you see, what happens is very often as believers, we fail to understand the value and the importance of operating daily under the anointing of God. And so we live our Christian lives every single day thinking that we're doing it in our own strength or abilities. And as you go on doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, without promoting the anointing of God in your life, then you begin to get weary, and then you begin to fade. Your natural man feels overburdened and weighed down and heavy, burnt out in some cases. Well, if you're there, I've got some great news for you tonight. Oh, I've got some glorious news for you tonight. You can look to God for fresh oil. You can look to God for a stronger anointing, a vigorous anointing, bright and brisk, something that's not stale or stagnant in your life. You see, it's up to us. God made the provision, saints. We've got to tap into it. Can you say amen? amen. I suggest if you're out there and maybe that's you, just go back and think about when you first got saved and begin to rehearse your life. Just think back about the tender mercy that God has demonstrated towards you. Think about the many times that you've asked Him to forgive you for something that you did, a, a fault, a slip, a sin, a mistake, a failure on your part, and go to Him and just thank Him for the many times He has extended His hand of mercy upon you. 
Go back and relive all the different incidents in which God made himself manifest unto you. And just let that pour over your mind for, for a while as you just throw open the window of your heart and of your mind and look to your great and mighty God and say, Father, I remember how you forgave me. I remember how you delivered me. I remember how you helped me. I remember how you healed me. I remember how you directed me. I remember how you took me in when I thought, now I've done so much wrong and I've lived how I shouldn't live. I remember, I remember, I remember the compassion that you demonstrated toward me. You start to think about some of those things and you're going to open up your door for fresh oil in your life. Glory to God. I'm telling you, saints, it shouldn't be that, well, I've been in the faith for 20 years now. Now I'm just, you know, just a Christian, just stagnant still and just barely getting along in life. There better be a spring in your step. There better be a word in your mouth that praises God. I praise a high praise unto God because you should be getting better. More polished and refined in the things of God. Come on, somebody shout. Amen. We all should be getting that way. Amen. Amen. And we shouldn't be going backward. We're going forward in God. And there's a whole lot more land to explore and enjoy in the things of God. Well, I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 because I want to share with you some things about fresh oil that maybe you haven't seen before, things that will enlighten us and enable us to really promote fresh oil in our lives in a day, in, in an everyday basis, daily, every, every single day of our lives. See, beloved, I believe God wants to lift us to higher places. He wants us to enjoy new dimensions in Him. I believe He wants us to experience greater things in the spiritual realm and world, don't you? Amen. I believe He wants to bow heaven to meet the earth and bring us up or raise us up to these higher places in Him, don't you? Amen. He doesn't want us to walk in this natural world bound by all the forces that are around us. Sometimes you feel choked because of all the pressures and the circumstances and the situations that you encounter in everyday life. And you think that God is a million miles away. I'm telling you, He's as close as your heart. He's on the inside of you. He is ever trying to pick you up and lift you up and encourage you and say, come on, I've got a whole lot more for you that you've never even seen yet. And if you'll just let me, I'll take you to the higher places and I'll give you new dimensions in me. Hallelujah. That's what He wants to do for every one of us. Well, beloved... What about this thing called the anointing of God? Uh, let's say for the person who's only saved, if you're only saved, just saved, not even spirit-filled, you've got the anointing of God on the inside of you. And if you follow it, it'll lead you into even a greater anointing. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, if you would, please. And look at verse 21. I want you to know, saints, that when it comes to fresh oil, in order for us to have that oil, to experience that oil, to have manifested greater oil, that is the greater anointing of God in our lives, I believe we have got to use it for its intended purpose. In other words, God's intended purpose. Why give me more if I'm not doing anything with it? I can just imagine opening up some, some uh, doors in the kitchen and just seeing oil. A bottle here, a bottle there, a bottle here, a bottle there, a bottle here, and a bottle there. What do you need more for? You've got all this oil in your cupboard, and you're not using it. Just sitting there. Well, what in the world is he going to give you more for? Why more if we're not using what we have? Come on. We've got to use it. And if you use it the way he intended for it to be used, you're going to get some more. It's going to increase by degree and by measure and you have more and you have more and you have more. I'll tell you what, you'll walk in an anointing like you've never seen before. And it's for everybody. Not just the, the, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. It's for everybody. Everyone is anointed in the new birth, in the, in the kingdom of God today, in the New Testament. Look at this verse in verse 21. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Everybody say, God has anointed me. God is the source of my anointing. I want you to know that David did not, did not anoint himself to become the king of Israel. He did not anoint himself, but God anointed him. How many of you know that? And you know, when he anointed him, there wasn't anything anybody can do to change that. 
When he anointed David to be the king over Israel, David was anointed to be king. Now I realize his whole family saw a shepherd boy, but God saw a king. And he anointed him to be king. And the anointing or the divine impartation of the supernatural ability of God that was upon him in his life was for the purpose of him operating in the office of a king and functioning in that office. And he needed it, and he needed it to be renewed every single day. The fresh oil every single day. Well, God had a purpose in that. God intended for that. God was the source of his anointing, and God enabled him to do the things that he otherwise could not do without it. Say it again. God is my source. God has anointed me. You know what that tells me? He meant to do it. Now, he didn't send Samuel over to your house to anoint you? No. He sent Jesus into your heart. And when Jesus came into your heart, you were anointed. Amen. I want you to see that. Say it again, I'm anointed. Of God. He is the source of my anointing. And He has a purpose for it. See, He has a purpose for the anointing in your life. You are anointed right now. I am anointed right now for a purpose, for a reason. And when you start telling yourself that and reminding yourself of that, you're going to begin to see yourself in a different light. David was God's anointed. Oh, you can relate to that. You can point him out. You can pick him out. You can say, yes, there's the anointed of God. Well, so are you. You are the anointed of God tonight. You can't escape it. You can't run from it. Because if you're born again, you're anointed. Amen. That's it. God did it. I didn't try to do it to myself. You can't do it to yourself. God did it. You've got it. And now we've got to do something with it. Amen. You can just let it sit there in the closet. <laughs> or you can cook with it. That'll sink in in a little bit. You can cook with it. Amen. Secondly, another thought here about the anointing of God. If you want to really stir it up, if you want to get it working, if you want to have it enhanced, go to Acts chapter 10 if you would, please. See, you've got to remind yourself, I am anointed of God. God did it. He's the source of it. He did it for a reason. He did it for a purpose. He has an intended purpose for His anointing in my life. And I do not need to sit here and do nothing and be stagnant with it. I need to give place to the anointing of God in my life. I am anointed. You are anointed. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 reveals to us the purpose of the anointing. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God anointed Jesus. Now, beloved, Jesus is our example and we are to follow him in life and in ministry. Can you say amen? Amen. So that means if Jesus was anointed to do certain things, well, that same anointing, there's the same anointing of God upon us to do certain things. He said, the, thing, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater than these shall you do because I'm going to the fa- my Father. What does that tell us? You see any limitations there? You see any limits whatsoever there? You see any impossibilities there? The works that I do shall you do also and greater. Think about that. Jesus set no limits for the believer. I'm preaching better than you're shouting tonight. I'm telling you. Think about that. Jesus set no limits. Now think about this. You ready to get cooking with me tonight? What did he do with the anointing? Well, Jesus sat home with his mother. No, he didn't. Everybody say he went about. He went about. Say it again. He went about. See, you've got the anointing in your heart. Don't keep it there and leave it there and don't let it get stagnant and stale. You've got the anointing of God inside you so that you can go about. 
He went about and do good. He went about doing good. See, if I want more of the same anointing of God, then I've got to start doing good with it. I've got to start doing something with it. It's not given to me so I can just sit in my house, jump up and down a little bit, come to church, and maybe run around a little bit and say, glory to God, glory to God, I've got the anointing, I've got goosebumps, hallelujah! That's not the final purpose of the anointing of God. Can somebody say amen? The anointing of God is upon the people of God because He wants us to go into all the world and proclaim Jesus. He wants us to go into the highway and byway of life and do what Jesus did. He was sent to do what? To heal all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with Him. Saints, there's a devil in the world today. He is not brushed aside under a corner somewhere. He is not in the lower strata of life. He is everywhere at work in the earth by His powers, by His, his uh, forces of darkness trying to destroy humanity. And people who are Christians have been anointed to go and to do what? Do good. To heal those that are oppressed of the devil. There is only one name that Satan will bow to. There is only one name that disease will bow to. There's only one name that addiction will bow to. There's only one name that whatever force in the world is out there will bow to. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And you and I have been anointed to proclaim that name to this lost and needy world. Every single one of us has the anointing of God. Look at Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Sometimes I wonder when it comes to people not knowing what to preach. I'm telling you, I know what to preach. I don't know about you, but I know what to preach. And when, once you hear this, you're going to start preaching it more than you ever have. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, and of course you know what Jesus said, but let's read it. Verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me. Everybody say to preach. Say, I'm anointed. God is my source. He has anointed me. For a purpose. Wait a minute. To have a bless me club? So I can be blessed myself? I'm telling you, he has anointed you to preach. You say, you're the preacher, preacher? No, you're the preacher. You're the preacher. He's anointed you to preach. Come on now, don't preach to me. Ever have anybody tell you that? Don't preach to me. Why not? I've been anointed to do it. You've got a good excuse now, don't you? You've been anointed to preach, saints. If I'm not preaching, then why do I need the anointing? You've been anointed to preach. We'd be better off preaching than counseling. Someone comes to you and says... You don't understand how bad life is. I've got some problems and, and you don't know what I've been going through. Man, you can just sense the Spirit of God just lighting upon you. You can just sense on the inside of you the Spirit of God rising up being on the inside. I'm telling you, if you're out there and you think, well, what do I say to this person? You've got something to preach. You've got some great news for that person. And once they get done just, just giving you the whole problem, you can start preaching. I've got some good news for you. I want to let you know something about Jesus. Jesus has the solution to your problem. He came to this earth. He suffered and died. He rose again. His name's above all names. And no matter what you're encountering in life, if you look at Jesus, come upon His name, you'll be delivered out of your problem. Amen. 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 We need to tell people that. Oh, saints, you ready to get resurrected tonight? those bones of yours to get resurrected to new life, your thinking faculties to get resurrected to new life. Let's read what it says. The Spirit's anointing is upon me. He has, because, everybody say because. because. See, this is the purpose of the anointing. Because, because, because. Because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel. Everybody say gospel. gospel. See, you've been anointed to preach the good news. You know why a lot of people out there aren't getting help? They've not heard the good news. They've heard the bad news. They've heard preachers who have taken every scripture out of the Bible that'll hang you. 
that'll condemn you, that'll destroy you, that'll send you off into an eternity in a lake of fire. They've heard him preach all this stuff that makes them think there's no way they can reach God. And so they haven't heard the good news yet. They think God is some overbearing, overpowering tyrant up there who's looking for them to make a mistake in this life to, to whip them with that long arm of his back into submission and obedience. I got some good news for those people. That's not the way it is. No, it's the good news. The gospel is good news. Good news to the poor. Look at what it says. To the poor. And what's good news to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. Oh, there is Jehovah Jireh who loves you, who cares about you. Jesus gave his life for you. He became poor so that you might become rich. He has done everything that he, you need for him to do. Praise God so that you can have peace of mind in that area of your life. Amen. Preach to him. We've got to preach to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We've been anointed to preach to him. Right. But are we preaching? Not are we preaching? Not enough. <laughs> we got to preach. And it goes on to say, He has sent me, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Beloved, before, before I look at that verse, I, I've got to do this. This just jumped out at me. I've got to do this. I want you to see. Hold your, put your book. We have a bookmark there. If you don't, put your finger there. And go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You start preaching, you'll start seeing the anointing in a greater way in your life. See, why have it stirred up? Why have more of it? Why have increased if we're not using it for its intended purpose? And what is its intended purpose? Well, God gave it to you for an intended purpose and reason, and you're going to see your personal use here in a minute. But as far as ministering to the lost that are out there in the world and those that are brokenhearted and downcast and all that, we've got the anointing to preach to these people. And look at what it says over here in... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Well, let's start with verse 19. Ah, back up. Verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of, uh, not with words, that's men's words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Oh, that's powerful. Amen. Amen. That's powerful talking about not human philosophy, not great oratorical skills. He's talking about the, 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 the very basic cross of Christ. Listen, look what it says. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The preaching of the cross. 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 The preaching of the cross is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I'll bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God. Everybody say it pleased God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that are lost or those that believe. Did you hear that? Seems foolish to be in some little old shanty somewhere down in a mill and someone comes up and says, oh, I've got this problem, I've got that, and you just, you just praise God, you start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It seems foolish. What are you saying? But you know what? The devil, you know what he's done? He's made believers back off. Well, I've got to look for some counselor for you. I've got to get some philosophical words put together for you. I've got to come up with a 10-point program for you. But you see, not stare them right in the eyeball, right face to face and say, Jesus Christ died for that. That's powerful, saints. Jesus Christ died for your problems. What? What? Jesus Christ died to set you free. It's foolishness of preaching that saves. We've got to have more confidence in preaching. Reaching those people out there with preaching. 
You are a preacher. We're all preachers. And that is a main purpose that God has anointed every single one of us. Tell somebody your testimony. Preach your testimony and the cross of Christ. And you know what? You'll impact someone's life like you have never, ever thought you could before. Go on back to, to Luke there. It goes on to say in Luke, He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. So not only are you to preach, not only are we to preach, but we also are to heal. And what that means is if a person is broken down by life's calamities, and that's what one translation says here, if a person is broken down by life's calamities, we're to preach the gospel to them. Tell them. Jesus suffered and died for that. You may not know it yet, but I've got good news for you. Somebody bore the burden of your guilt. Somebody bore the burden of your pain. Somebody bore the chastisement of your peace. Somebody bore whatever it is that you're going through right now. His name is Jesus. He did it 2,000 years ago. He did it upon the cross. And the Father took His blood. And He did it so that you don't have to be brokenhearted anymore. Amen. Man, they'll look at you like an old cow at a new gate. But you know what you'll do? It's, you just unleash the power of God. You pierce their very spirit and soul with words that will just lift their heads up out of the darkness of despair and depression. To heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. Those that are captive by whatever need to be preached to. And what do they need to be preached? The gospel, the good news that Jesus died for that. You don't have to be bound. The power of God will set you free. See, we've got to be more bold, bolder when it comes to preaching, saints, by the unction of the Spirit, the good news that those people out there need to hear in the, in the highway and byway of life. The recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, of the Lord or the year of Jubilee. You realize we're living in a great hour? You realize we're living in the most privileged time right now? Why? Because we've got a message they didn't have. The year of Jubilee only came once every 50 years back then. And that's when everybody had everything restored to them. Whatever was lost could be restored. They were completely forgiven of every debt and all that. They got everything back. Well, saints, God is saying, I have anointed you to preach the year of Jubilee in the world today to let people out there know you can have everything restored. What have you lost? Are you broken down? Are you suffering uh, humanity, sighing and dying and woeing because of all the, the, the problems that you're encountering in this life? I've got a message to tell you. It is so good. It's good news. I want you to know that Jesus took care of that for you. And now you can have freedom. Every year is a year of jubilee. Every day is a day of victory because of Jesus. That's the message we've been told to preach. To preach. I'm anointed to preach. Yeah, you're anointed. And it came from God. Why? To preach. Number three. You know the verse. It's in Isaiah 10, 27. Oh, saints of God, I'll tell you something. God is looking down upon us. I don't mean just us. He's looking upon the circle of the earth. And I'm telling you, He is waiting for His people to step out of the boat of sense knowledge to break loose from the bands and chains of fear. Forget about themselves and throw open wide the door of their hearts. Climb up higher into God and say... I see it now. It's not me. It's the anointing. It is your power. It is me making myself available and it is your ability at work through my life. That's what he's waiting for to do at this hour right now. And here, look at what it says. What's the purpose of the anointing? Here it is. And it shall come to pass. This is the power of the anointing. That was the purpose of the anointing. We saw the source of the anointing. We talked about the purpose of the anointing. And now this is the power. You want to talk about power? We talk about nuclear power. We talk about mind power, body power, all kinds of power, electrical power. But beloved, 
the world has never seen a power like the power God put in you when he anointed you. Verse 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. To destroy means to pull down. It means to overthrow. It means to devastate. It means to annihilate. The yoke talks about servitude. It talks about a burden. Someone who is bound, someone who is hooked up in bondage to an influence, to a force, to a demonic power, to a disease, to a sickness, or whatever it is. Listen to me. The anointing, the all-powerful anointing of God is so powerful it can destroy, pull down, overthrow, devastate, annihilate the yoke of bondage. Whatever that yoke is, whatever someone is hooked up to, servitude means you are serving that thing. You might be serving fear. You might be serving intimidation. You might be serving low self-esteem. You might be serving drugs. You might be serving alcohol. You might be serving pornography. You might be serving whatever that is out there in the world that's coming your way in this life. But I want you to know something, saints of God. There is an anointing of God that is greater than, more powerful than any force you can contact in this life. It's enough to overthrow. It is enough to pull down. It is enough to destroy, as it says. And also... To bring to nothing, devastate and annihilate whatever it is that holds you back. And you know what he's saying? Use it. That's the power of it. How many remember that there woman that was bowed over for 18 years in Luke 13, verses 10 through 17, where it talked about Jesus said that woman who was bowed over came to him and and all that. And she could in no wise lift up herself, but she walked straight over probably having rheumatoid arthritis or whatever she had and she was bowed over for all those many many years and Jesus took a hold of her laid his hand upon her and said woman thou art loosed thou art loosed it means to break the bondage to deliver someone from servitude that kind of serving whatever it is and she served that thing for many many years saints of God listen to me the religious people of the day they were absolutely stirred Jesus healed this woman, but he broke their law. He broke their law. He did it on a day he wasn't supposed to do it. Listen to me carefully. Religion is not concerned about people. Religion is concerned about laws, rules, rituals regulations but the Holy Ghost in you and the Holy Ghost in me is concerned about suffering humanity that's what it's concerned about suffering humanity the anointing of God on the inside of you is to make us aware of suffering humanity and then draw from the resources of it out of the depth of our soul and say, Oh, Father, I'm not going to be satisfied until I get to a place where I encounter suffering humanity and by the anointing of God I can break the bondage that is over their lives and set them free. See, that's what Jesus is concerned about. That's what the Holy Ghost is concerned about. So if we want the oil, if we want the stirring, this is what we've got to be stirred to. Stir up fresh oil, fresh it put fresh in your mind. It comes, it comes from God. The anointing comes from my Father for a purpose in my life. Stir up yourself in your pure mind and tell yourself, the anointing of God is, is purposed in my life to do what? To do good, to heal, to preach the gospel, to let people know out there in the world it's the year of Jubilee. Jesus took care of your problem to destroy the bondages that hold people captives in everyday walks of life. And finally, look at 1 John chapter 2, if you would please. 1 John chapter 2. The anointing that we want renewed, that we want to be refreshed in, that we want stirred up on the inside of us. 
Beloved, it abides in you, and it abides in you to do something in you and something in me in our everyday walk with God. In 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 20, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. The anointing is inside us to help us to know the things of God. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things write I unto you concerning them which that seduce you, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Saints of God, you know what that is saying? You put those verses in context. The anointing of God is on the inside of you to keep you from being deceived and seduced by the false uh, minds of the world. False preachers, false teachers, cults, all kinds of things that are out there in the world trying to lure people away from Christ to get them involved in things that look good but they're not God. The anointing of God needs to be stirred up in our pure minds so that we recognize He is in there to teach us what is true and what is a lie, what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong. And we need that every single day of our lives. You know why, saints? There's all kinds of things happening in the body of Christ right now, all kinds of things that are going on out there, and we need to be informed as to what is right and as to what is wrong, what is of God and what is not of God. Amen. And the anointing of God is in us to teach us what is right and to show us what is wrong. Now, the Bible says in latter days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And that word fall away means little by little through deceptive devices of Satan, little by little, people are going to be taking one step backward, one step backward from what is true and getting themselves involved in things that are not true. They may look good, but they're not God. And people are getting caught up in those things every single day. Beloved, I'll tell you what, I get tired of putting on a television set, turning on a Christian network, and hearing somebody say, give your $1,000 and God is going to heal you. Or send me 500 bucks, I'll send you some anointing oil. Come on, somebody better say amen. If God can't heal you without $1,000, then evidently you must now buy the anointing of God. You've got to buy the healing power of God. You don't need that. You know what? You can pick up a book and it's called the Bible. If you don't have one, we'll give you one. And in that Bible, you can have your healing. I said you can have your healing. You can't buy it. Why don't you just be honest and say, we needed your donation. We need you to help us support this airtime that we're paying for, this television time. And if you want to, just go ahead and give and, and be a blessing to us. But my goodness, to use things like merchandising the anointing of God. Hmm. God forbid. You can't buy the anointing of God. I say it's precious. It's valuable. It's needful. And it's got to be properly used in our lives today. And people that merchandise it, they're looking for problems in their spiritual lives. No, the Spirit's anointing is in us to teach us what is right and what is wrong, to show us in the days in which we live, what is of God and what is not of God. And I want you to see something in John's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 13, if you would please. Two verses. The Holy Ghost is in us to help us in this life. The anointing of God is abiding in us to teach us the things that we need to know. He is not saying we don't need men to teach us by the anointing of God's Spirit. He is saying, he is saying that the mind of God is far superior to the mind of man. You don't need man to educate you with more education about carnal things. You need the Holy Ghost to teach you what is of God, to teach me what is of God, to show me what is of God. And if we'll lean toward that, saints of God, and allow the Spirit of God by the anointing in us teach us and show us and guide us and direct us and encourage us in the way that we should go, we're going to walk in the light and not in the darkness. We're not going to be seduced 
and we're not going to be deceived. We're going to walk in the light of the knowledge of God in this world in which we live. In John's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus said this. He's talking about the Holy Ghost, the Comforter going to come, and when He comes, here's what He's going to do. In verse 13, Amplified Bible, but when He, the Spirit of truth, the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. We just found out He does that by the anointing of God that is on the inside of you and inside of me. He will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. He will not speak of His own or His own message, of His own authority. He will tell whatever He hears from the Father. He will give the message that He has, has been given to Him and He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. The anointing of God. We have to remind ourselves. You talk about fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. Father God, I don't know what I've been doing, but I've been, I found out inside your word. It says the anointing of God is in me to guide me, into, uh, to lead me in this life, to guide me, to teach me, and to show me or speak to me what he hears of you. And you know what? We need to remind ourselves of that. Every single day you realize the Holy Ghost is ready. He's in constant communion with the Father. He's in constant communion with the all-knowing God. The Holy Ghost in us by the anointing puts us into contact with the all-knowing God. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows everything in between. And the anointing of God positions us or puts us into contact with the all-knowing Father. And the anointing is on the inside of us to teach us. We just read that in 1 John 2. To guide us, to protect us from seducing spirits and deception and all that. He's on the inside of us. And so I've got to rise up and wake up and say, Father, oh, I give place to the anointing of God in my life that teaches me, that shows me things that come down the future, even in my own life. Amen. Tell ourselves that every day. Amen. See, sometimes when, we're, when people are asking for the anointing, just a, some kind of a feeling that you might get around the altar when hands are laid upon you, so you get goosebumps and say, oh, praise God, the anointing. No, no, no. The purpose, the, the source of the anointing, the purpose of the anointing, the power of the anointing in the life of a believer is, goes far beyond these walls. Amen. I'm telling you, when you're there with some broken humanity, you've got a message by the anointing, you can preach to that person, Jesus died for that, and the Holy Ghost anointing will rise up and shine. It's right there. Let God arise and let the enemy be scattered. Amen. That's what it means. Amen. And you know, I, I realize we've got to give place to, you know, for, for rhythm and rhyme when it comes to song singing. Like anointing, follow on me. Anointing, follow on me. And there is an anointing of God that falls on you. But I have to clarify some things. Remember this. There's an anointing that abides in you. Sometimes we sing it, Oh, anointing, rise up in me. Not just fall on me, but rise up in me. See, sometimes we de detach ourselves from it all. It's not way over there on the other side of heaven. Heaven has come to yours. And heaven is on the inside of you. It's on the inside of me. Jesus said so. The kingdom of God is in you. You've got the anointing of God in you. I've got the anointing of God in me. Rise up, anointing of God. Rise up, O power of God in me. Show me, teach me, guide me, direct me. Speak to me what you hear of the Father and order my steps in this life. I won't be deceived. I will not be seduced by these wrong spirits that are out there. I'm not going to stand back and watch the world die and go eternally into a place called damnation, the second death, the lake of fire forever, when I've got this awesome power of the Most High God on the inside of me. Rise up in me and let the enemy be scattered. Amen. You've got a platform, saint. It's just, it's just called your life. Everywhere you go, you're the platform that Jesus wants to speak from. And then finally, our last scripture in John's Gospel, chapter 16, I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 26. The anointing of God is on the inside of you to keep you straight, to keep you on track, to give you the truth, to reveal to you things that you need to know about yourself and about your future. You know, if you get serious enough, and I get serious enough with God about our future, He'll unveil it to us. Certain things we need, we, we need to know, or He wants to tell us about our future. I know it's bright. I know it's glorious. Okay, listen, here's our last scripture. John 14, 26. But the Comforter... And this is from the Amplified Bible, so it says the, the sevenfold meaning of the word that translated comforter is counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will cause you to recall, he will remind you of and bring to remembrance everything that I have told you. Did you hear that? What's the anointing of God in there for? To do that right there. 
We have the Holy Ghost anointing on the inside of us to remind us of everything that Jesus said as well as to be unto us, what? A comforter, a counselor, a strengthener, intercessor, advocate, helper, and standby. And in particular, helper, he is there to help. Say it with me, the anointing of God, anointing of God is in me to help me. See, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're encountering or I'm encountering, He is my helper. He's on the inside of me. I need to recognize that. And when I talk about fresh oil, it means I've got to refresh myself in my understanding and awareness of the fact that the helper is on the inside of me. He is chomping at the bit to give me the information I need to know to help me go the right way, make the right choice, do the right thing. And I'll tell you something else. You ready for this? I love this part about the Holy Ghost anointing on the inside of us. Should you be in a place that maybe, you know, you're not ready for the next episode of your life, you've got a standby. He's on standby. So when you're ready to step out, he's standing right by. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we talk about fresh oil, when we talk about something that's renewed, fresh oil in our life, this is what we're talking about. My being aware that God has anointed me and He is my source. And so apparently, He's got a reason for it and a purpose in it. We found the purpose to reach out to lost, suffering, dying, crying humanity and let them know that there's a solution to their problems. It's the cross of Christ that we preach that brings deliverance to their lives. Thirdly, the power. Am I aware of it? Do I even begin to see it? The power of God to destroy the yoke of bondage is in me and it's in you. And finally, to keep us on course. To keep us on course. Oh, to keep us on course with God. Don't be seduced and deceived. I'll tell you something else. Don't lean over to the side that says, you know, man has a solution to every problem. Get back to the old rugged cross. Amen. Get back to the blood that was taken to the high court of heaven. And let's unleash this power that this world needs to see in this earth today. Let's stand together before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.